I do want to show you because I haven't been able to show anyone this. So I'm going to show you it because this will be out by then. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of my podcast, Tom Sits Into Conversation With. This week on the episode, I have Tessa from T-Zines. Uh, she is a crocheter and designer um, and it was a really, really good conversation. Um, sitting outside now to do the introduction on Monday and it's just lovely and sunny. So you might hear a bit of background of trucks and cars and stuff going by. Um, but I thought it would be quite nice to sit outside. Yeah, we recorded this conversation back in February and it was a really good conversation. We talk about uh, what it's like living in a small town in the US and the kind of complications that come along with that when you go when you go to markets or uh, even just grocery shopping. How she turned her hobby into a full-time job. We talk about how she got into crochet. We talk a bit about doing markets and the struggles of doing a market in a small town where you have to travel. Uh, quite a lot and then also uh, this was during covid times as well so um are you trying to get the camera uh, we also talk about um doing online markets because at the time it was uh, height of covid near the end of the conversation i was very lucky enough to uh, see a new uh, pattern that she'd just been working on um no one had seen it yet uh, but it is now out it was uh, the february edition uh, to her monthly patterns that she's been writing up. I'll pop back in the middle of the episode with a little update from Tessa and, and I'll be back at the end uh, with a little bit more of an update from me. Uh, but for now, we step into the conversation with me asking where she's from. I live in Oregon in the USA and I live in a tiny town of only 500 people. <laughs> Wow. Um, so I live a kind of rural life. I'm even outside of that town with our little um, acreage. And so it's fun to have no neighbors. <laughs> um, our animals can roam and we roam freely too and just make our own little walking path. We built a little disc golf course around my house. So we can we have seven holes we can disc golf around. <laughs> Amazing. I think I, I yeah. recently you've been like sharing a lot of like really nice hike hiking photos yep um my brother is here from south dakota that's where i'm originally from and uh so he is an avid hiker so we have been hiking every single day and we've gone from like desert area landscape to like rainforest and waterfalls um, oregon and washington have it all so it's been beautiful that's really cool. Yeah, the the photos yeah. that you've been posting on your stories, they look stunning. Like the scenery looks beautiful. Yeah, it truly is. And the pictures, I swear, don't do it justice. It, yeah, I can imagine. It is magical. Like, yeah, I can imagine being there in person is like a hundred times better. But the photos look pretty good as, yeah. as they are. Yeah. So how, thank you. Yeah. How is it being in such a small town then? Um, it's been an adjustment, but I've been here eight years now. Um. It's quiet. It's a very slow pace of life. Uh, my closest grocery store, like we have a small grocery store in town. Um, but if I want to do my real shopping, I have to drive about 48 miles um, east or west to, to go wow. get groceries. <laughs> so it's like an ordeal. We go once <laughs> a month and have stock up our groceries for that month. And then, you know, if we need little things here and there, we can pop into our little mom and pop, pop shop. But yeah, how far, how very... far away is the like little shop as well though? Um, I am two miles outside of town, so it's just about two miles. Okay, it's it's yeah. a thing that like I think a lot of English people don't quite comprehend is the mm -hmm. the scale of like 
America and kind of like most other countries really it's like yeah for us like an hour drive is quite a long drive but yeah. I guess for you guys it's kind of it's not far at all <laughs> nope it's not far at all it's it's very normal and natural to be commuting to work I used to work at an elementary school which was 35 miles from me and um, but it was all, it's all interstate driving. I'm not in traffic. It is from my house to there was like 28 minutes and it was 35 miles. Like I could make it that quick. Okay, that's... I'm also very lucky. Lucky. I live on the Columbia river, which is a monster of a river. And um, the interstate just follows it along. So it's such a beautiful drive anywhere I go either way. <laughs> yeah. I guess if it's next to a river as well, it's quite mm -hmm. like nice and flat as well. So that's probably quite yep. nice. Nice. Yep, that's helpful too. It's not a bunch of mountains or anything. It's it's pretty flat, and but it's still very scenic. That's cool. So, what do you do for yeah. for work then? Um, I am now a full time maker, full time crocheter and designer. Um, I've been full time for uh, about a year and a half. Um, so I feel very lucky. I walk from one end of my, of my house from my bedroom to my studio at the other end of the house, and and this is where my magic happens. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. When did you get to become a full-time crafter? Like, when did that transition happen? Um, basically, I it, it's it's hard to find a job in a five hundred person town. You know what I mean? Um, there's not a lot of options. I loved my job at the elementary school. I was the head secretary, so I ran. I basically ran this school, um, kindergarten through third grade, and I loved it. I just, they threw some promotions at me and moving up the ladder, I went to the district office and that just, there's no passion there. And it, I wasn't with the kids anymore. So that wasn't fun. So I tried out our little local bank here and that just wasn't doing it for me. And that it felt like it was just time to try T-Zines full time. Like, why not? Why not now? So um, it just kind of transitioned that way. That's really cool. So were you, how long have you mm -hmm. been kind of crafting for? And like, how, how did you get into crochet? Um, yeah, I, I have been drawing um, my entire life. Like just art has always been a part of my life as well as my family. Most of my family are artists of some sort, um, some of them full-time too. Uh, and then I started into jewelry making in like my early teens. And then I learned to crochet when I was 19, I learned a few times growing up, but it just never stuck. I didn't care enough about it. And then I finally cared about it when I was like 19, 20. So I'm on 14, 15 years now of crocheting probably every day. It's just, it's such a relaxation. You know how it is to get your yarn and hook in your hands. And so um, I haven't put it down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so cool. I think it's it's kind of like one of the dreams, isn't it, of like, being able to stop how, how have you found it have you found it challenging or have you just enjoyed every minute of it um I've enjoyed every minute of it for sure the challenging part is just learning the business side and like um how to track my business and am I am I um selling myself overselling you know I don't want to be a seller how to market yourself and then to even how to pay myself accurately, like fairly for me and my customers has probably been one of the hardest parts. Um, but I'm lucky that my, my husband has a really good job. And so my income is kind of just 
the extra, you know, so mm -hmm. um, that's been a, that's been helpful. <laughs> yeah, I guess it kind not of have helps. to super rely. Yeah, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit, but I'm a hard, like, I've been working since I was 14 years old, so this has even just been mentally a really hard transition for me, like, who do I think I am that I can crochet all day and make a living? So that's been something I've really had to work through, but. Um, yeah, I guess kind of working through the the thing that's been a hobby and a, like a, yeah, it's like a meditation kind of thing, and then mm -hmm. I guess you've got to switch that in your head of, like, this is now my way of making an income. Like it can still yes. be that kind of relaxing thing, but I guess there's something that you've kind of got to actually think about of like, this is actually hopefully going to be paying the bills. <laughs> Very true. And I, of course, I was always nervous that if I turn this into a job, am I going to hate, am I going to learn to hate it? Is it not going to be fun or be that meditation, that relaxation anymore? But um, I've been lucky to just, know when to take a break you know know when when to not take something so seriously or you know I still have ha had some sleepless nights where I'm thinking about crochet or you know po podcast interviews <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the night but um it's it's just been a, a different way of thinking and it's actually all has been great I would not change it for the world that's awesome that's really really nice to hear because it's something that you know, during this kind of lockdown, I've been working on my knitting and like I've now started this podcast and it's something that in a way I would quite like to do it full time. But at the same time, I, I do love my job and I love making coffee and I love making food. So I'm hoping one day I can have a nice balance between the two. But yeah. So is that your full time job um, making coffee and food? Yeah. So like yeah. years ago, I had uh, my own cafe, um, which did OK for a little bit, but then the town it was in just wasn't supporting independence and a lot of the trade was moving outside the town just like there's a big like shopping center um so i kind of ended up getting out there but not without accruing a lot of debt which is pretty much paid well yeah it's paid paid off now which is it's been a long time yeah. but um so yeah i'm i'm quite happy working for someone else now i yeah I, don't necessarily see myself working for myself again just because mm -hmm. for me that stress has just been was just too much um but yeah like I I just I love making food I love making coffee it's just something I've been passionate mm -hmm. about since I was 16 when I started awesome I um also worked in the restaurant and um industry I managed a restaurant before and that was the most pressure I've had. That is very hard, but um, I enjoy cooking. I love cooking. That's my other pastime and my love as well. So when you started your little cooking teasers, um, I got really excited to watch some of those videos and and see where you what you do with that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's really really cool. Like I've been trying to do a few coffee and cooking videos. I've got some other coffee, mm -hmm. uh, some cooking videos in my head it's just trying to find the time but mm -hmm. i'm very fortunate that i'm working with uh, a local art gallery museum um who want to do like a historic cooking thing um oh so we're going to try and do one every two months but the idea is trying to find a, a recipe from history and then recreate the recipe from history and then make a modern version um oh i love that 
and we're trying to like the the one that we're going to be developing now which when this comes out should be out already um we want to try and make a vegan friendly version as well so it's more inclusive to people Mm -hmm. so yeah i i just i love being creative and just doing as many things as i can really yeah very cool and you can be so creative with food Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so how how did you get into did you just kind of like start picking up a needle or did you have someone kind of teaching you how to crochet um yeah my grandma actually crochets um she's legally blind uh she can't like her vision is basically tunnel vision you know um Mm -hmm. and it's been her entire life so she's never drove a car she's never rode a bike she hasn't done a lot of the, the basic things we do every day and um but she can do crocheting and she does tatting have you ever heard of tatting no so it it's a shuttle it's basically about this big and it's a shuttle with the tiniest hook on the end and it's using the smallest finest thread oh well here let me show you one little thing she did oh this one isn't even the smallest but this right here is just a tatted doily Wow. Um, so it's, you know, the size of my palm, but she counts all of these by, um, feeling she can't see them very well. Mm. Um, she does it all by feeling. So anyway, it's, it's pretty amazing what she can still do. Cause she does a lot of native beadwork and, and stuff too. But, um, she taught my mom and then my mom taught me and between us three, we talk about it anytime we're on the phone and we all still do it too. That's really cool. That's amazing that she can't really see very well, but is doing the most mm-hmm. delicate, intricate kind of thing. Yes, it's wild. I Sometimes she'll bring her big magnifying glass out to try to help, um, but most of it I can see her just counting in her head and using her fingers. Wow. That's, that's yeah. quite impressive. It is. <laughs> What's your kind of favorite project that you've kind of worked on? Oh, gosh. There's so many. I used to kind of crochet for the people, you know, crochet for the masses, whatever they wanted me to make, I would make. And I feel like I've really transitioned into what do I want to make? And um, I don't know, a lot of my kind of free form art hangings, um, if I can just pop this up here. This is one of my unique kind of free form pieces that I didn't follow a pattern. I just kind of went with what I w- felt like. Um, it actually came to me in a meditation, what I was seeing, and then the colors and everything, I just had to make it happen. So this one is definitely one of my favorite pieces. I see that you do uh, a lot of like pattern writing. So is that your your main business? Is it um, kind of pattern writing or is it just crocheting things to sell? Yeah. So I've been transitioning into being more of a pattern designer now, and that's new within probably just the last six months that that's going to be my focus. Um, I'm really not making as much as I used to. Um, I'm kind of shutting down custom orders because that just is a whole, whole scheme of things that, you know, that goes into that. Um, but I kind of want to focus on my authentic designs, what comes from me, because I feel like that um, showcases my, my work the best and and who I am as designs um so pattern designing is definitely um where I'm going and and what I plan to do and that's that'll that'll be my main income that's really cool um because I noticed 
like you do quite a lot of hats and I really quite like your mm -hmm. kind of like vote hat as well that you've done because yeah. you know a lot of stuff was going on in America and it was very important for people to actually vote and try and get a better person in office yes yeah that pattern did really well it's um I donated a lot of that money and um it was neat to see how many people were wearing them and making them and I felt it was I was very passionate about that one that's really cool yeah I think mm -hmm. it is it is quite important to like try and get I think there's I mean there's a massive surge in like younger people crocheting and knitting and stuff it's not necessary for older people and it's kind of important as well to try and get this generation as well to get more excited about voting and yeah. having having a say and because you know it, it is our world and the, like we're the one who are kind of like shaping it a bit more so yep absolutely i agree yeah it's nice to be able to use you know our artwork can speak to masses and you might as well use it to do that yeah for sure yeah artwork can say a lot and mm -hmm. i think it's quite powerful as well if you had a, like a bunch of people wearing that vote hat that mm -hmm. is going to spread a much kinder message than like if you just stood on the side of the street and just shouted at people to vote like you wearing that hat walking down the street yeah. is you will probably make people think a little bit more than than that yeah yeah very true i agree so talk me through your right uh, your pattern writing process because it's something i really want to get into pattern writing but mm -hmm. i'm scared about the process <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we all have that fear at the beginning. Um, I've had so many patterns that I have been making and, you know, but I just never knew how, how do I put this onto paper. Um, basically, where I started was I found some patterns that I really enjoyed. I liked the layout. I, I liked how they were wrote. They were easy to follow for, for me. And then I, that kind of made me develop my kind of writing style. But um, the designing part, I, I, I write everything down. My entire phone, my notes and my phone is full of half wrote patterns because if I don't write it down, I more than likely won't remember how to get back to that stage. Um, so I just kind of shorthand what I'm doing. And then um, if I like it when I'm done, then I'll head over to my computer and write it out as if it were a full pattern. Um, I've, I've, I think I've gotten better over time and um, having pattern testers is the most amazing things ever because they catch all those things that I just look right over because I read through my pattern probably a hundred times before I send it on. Um, but yeah, it just kind of comes, I think, when, when you're ready for it. And um, I think my biggest tip is find some patterns that you like and you can kind of look at them and see why do you like them and, and then transition it into your style. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it's mm -hmm. something, yeah, because I, I don't do a lot of pattern reading. Um, I mm -hmm. like to improvise a lot more, which I think is why writing patterns is so intimidating. Um, but I've I've talked to some amazing knitters and crocheters who do pattern designs. And it's something I think if I do want to try and make a bit of an income from my knitting, it's something that I kind of need to look into doing because... Mm -hmm most pretty i would say the majority of my audience are crafters themselves so i think a lot of people might be put off 
buying a hat when they could just make it themselves. Yeah, very true. Um, that's kind of how I thought too, you know, I was like, if I, if I want to make this full time, then I think that's the way to go. And it is, I think it is even more rewarding seeing people make my patterns than it is seeing them buy mine and wear them. <laughs> yeah. I, because yeah. then they put their own spin on it and it's just another creativity and creative outlet coming from a, someone else. And I love it. That's really cool. Do you have a, a set like group of people that you normally get to test your patterns or does it change depending on the design that you're, you're doing? Um, I have a couple people that I just either adore their, um, their color choices or their, just how their final product comes out. I have a couple people that I adore their pictures. They're great even to use in my pattern or um, for promoting. And then of course I love to support them. And then I usually like to do an open tester call. It's fun to get people from all over, um, especially people who maybe don't know my writing style. It's nice to have um, a, a new set of eyes. Um, I had a free, I have a free pattern. It's called the Cascade Slouch and it's my most popular beanie that I've ever made and sold in the last six years. And um, that one, I decided to just go ahead and say yes to all the people that applied. And it was 27 people. Wow. And so that was kind of a feat um, to, to keep track of everybody. But it was a really fun group text on Instagram. <laughs> and then um, I just there's it's hard to say no to people. And I'm like, this is going to be a free pattern anyway. Let's just do it. So that was fun. But normally I choose between you know uh, four to six or seven people to test yeah that makes sense i think uh, i spoke to um azramati on instagram and she said that mm -hmm. she had oh like for one of the patterns she had like a big group of people who tried to do yeah. it and it's just really hard to try and keep on top of everyone and especially if you're trying to work for a time scale as well like how long does it take you to develop mm -hmm. a pattern from initial concept in your head to being a pattern that people can buy yeah that um speaking of Ezra Matty I'm wearing one of the, one of the sweaters that she designed and I got to be a pattern tester so we'll have to give give her a little shout out awesome <laughs> um that all depends there's some things I can make and design and sit down and type out in two days and now that I have kind of my pattern template and I know what I need to fill in. Um, I can write up my patterns pretty quick because I'm just kind of copying and pasting and filling in and changing, just tweaking things. Um, but then others take, you know, a couple weeks or more. I don't do big garments such as like clothing, which would take a lot more math and time and testing. Um, I mainly do small winter wear accessories. So my time is definitely less than than others that's cool so do you just have the concept and have like you can now have like a, a formula or do you actually work the design out first and that like make notes as you go along or do you just do it all in your head um i think i do just kind of make notes as i go um I've recently, so I, I got an iPad for Christmas and I got the app Procreate, which is all digital art and drawing. And so my pattern writing has 
totally transitioned because lately I have these visions in my head a lot. I just, um, I never got them down to, to be able to work them out. And now that I have this iPad, I almost draw my patterns first, like the conceptual idea. And then I go to and touch the yarn and start trying to make it happen. So that has been a cool change in process for me. Nice. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing your, the post of your yep. mittens that you kind of drew up and they look awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. I've tried using procreate cause my girlfriend has it and she's an amazing like digital drawer mm-hmm. and stuff. I struggle so much with doing digital drawing. I think I just like, I prefer the feel of paper to pen, mm-hmm. pen to paper that way around. <laughs> um, but like, I really admire people who can, can draw digitally as well yeah it's been new for me I've never done it well in the in the sense of of drawing with my finger um I went to school for graphic design so I have done graphics and digital art for a long time but it hadn't been specifically drawing like that so that is a new sensation but I have loved I I love it (laughs) yeah I think it's something that I want to try more with but Mm -hmm. It's just funny time. Like I know. <laughs> even another yeah, hobby. Even being furloughed and yeah, and not working. Like there's just not enough time <laughs> for all the projects I want to do. Yes. I feel you there. Um, what kind of yarn do you like to use? Um, because I'm so rural and I don't have a lot of options. I've I'm kind of a big store buyer, you know. I'm Lion Brand has my heart. Um specifically the heartland yarn um i don't know if you know the story behind it but it's called line brand heartland and um it was designed and um created based the color line and everything based on um our national parks in the u.s so each yarn has the name of um, a natural wonder like there's redwoods there's yosemite there's yellowstone and a percentage of those proceeds are given back to our parks. Um, so that is what my entire Cascade collection has been designed around. Um, it's called the Cascade Collection based on the Cascade Mountain Range here in Oregon and Washington. And so it just felt so fitting. And I, and I you know, with my, I, my love of hiking and nature, it just feels fitting to me personally too. So That's I've really cool. grown to love that yarn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks looks like a really nice yarn to work with as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's smooth and soft. It has a little bit of a sheen. It, I would say it, the weight runs a little small. So mm. um, we, I find people, you know, may have some sizing issues, but if it just adjusting your hook or your tension is all you got to do and, and it works up really well. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done any like uh, markets or like in-person kind of fairs and stuff? Yeah, I have been doing um, markets and vendings and being a vendor since I was probably in my early 20s. Um, When I learned to crochet, my mom was just as addicted in crocheting too. So her and I would get together and do shows together. And uh, I love it. That's probably one of my second favorite things ever is selling at markets. I'm a social bug. I love to talk and I can talk to almost anybody so being at markets and letting people touch and feel and try on my my makes is 
so rewarding. And to see them walk away with smiles and walk, watch them walk around the whole market wearing my stuff after they just bought it was a really good feeling. So yeah, that's that's been the hardest part about 2020 is I had about six markets planned and didn't get to do any of them. Yeah, it's, it's such a shame that mm-hmm. like we've not been able to do markets. I tried to do an online market for Christmas and for me just didn't work there was mm-hmm. i think in total 40 vendors on for the weekend the website was okay but mm-hmm. with 40 people you've got to do a lot of scrolling to find what you want but if you're there yeah i'm i'm also quite a social person like working in cafes and restaurants i'm quite good at talking to people and i'm not shy of if people are walking past i'm happy to say hi how, how are you doing because mm-hmm. it's just as simple as just saying hi to someone can like get a sale or just start yeah. conversation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when this craziness is able to stop and we're able to go out and see people again and hopefully do markets mm-hmm. and, and stuff. Yeah. I, I did have a success. I did an online market on my personal, my business Facebook page, um, through T Zines on Facebook and there's this um, software, it's called Comment Sold. And I did a trial through it. And so basically I would, you know, grab, I would grab my item, I would show my item. And I said, if you want this mitten, comment sold, this was number 100. And so it was all based on their comments through the live that I did. And I made about what I did at a market in a weekend. And really one cool. little one little it ended up being almost three hours because they were like just keep going keep going so I kept going through all my stuff and so that felt awesome because I was able to do it in my living room I didn't have to pay for a night at the hotel or pay for the the booth it was just right from my living room so depending on how this year goes and maybe as we get to the holidays if we we still aren't out able to do those live in-person markets I might just try that again <laughs> yeah i guess I, was, I didn't even think about like if you've got to do a market you yeah you've got the added cost of trying to get a hotel and yes the the drive is obviously longer well wow. the gas the setting up the yeah all of that i actually saved you know about four hundred dollars Jeez. yeah just doing it from my house <laughs> yeah which could also just be your main kind of profit like it could be mm-hmm. the difference of having a good good weekend or a bad weekend wow that's astonishing yeah. i guess i probably paid about half that in shipping the items then i hope that you're enjoying the podcast so far uh here is a little update from tessa Hi, I'm Tessa from Designs. I was going to give you a little update after talking to Tom from Knit Slips a couple months ago. Um, I've now moved on to a spring and summer collection. It's called the Sage Collection. It features these little leaf details and a little lace and picos on the edges here. Um, so far I have created a purse, a placemat and table runner, as well as this head wrap that is customizable for adult, child, or toddler size, as well as different widths. 
Um, it, you tie it up with a cute little knot on your head and it's such a fun little addition to your summer wardrobe. Um, I'm also releasing my first garment design, which is what you see here. This is the Sage Summer Dream. It also is customizable to your body type as well as different lengths. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to Tom and I talk about my crochet journey and reach out anytime. Thank you. Thank you, Tessa, for that little update. Uh, we now sit back into the conversation uh, where she's just told me uh, that she's planning on writing a pattern for every month, um, and I was very impressed. It seems like a big task, but for how many patterns I just have that I haven't ever put out because I didn't have that confidence or I didn't know if they were good enough and all these things, um, uh, it, it's not being, it's not as much of a challenge as I thought. Um, I guess the I challenge like is, six... the challenge is probably keeping the pans back a little bit and holding them back rather than releasing like two in a month or something. Yes, that's exactly my issue right now is I have about six that are practically done, like besides needing my testers to go through it once. So now I'm just kind of sitting here like, okay, now what? <laughs> so, um, that's where I'm going to have a few free patterns um, pop in to kind of fill, fill my void here. Um, I'm working on, I'm going to try to put out about an additional four to five free patterns that are all um, earth friendly, you know, between a little market bag. I thought about doing some cotton kind of loofahs. Um, I love the loofah, you know what, you know, a loofah, yeah, yeah. scrubbing loofah. I want to, I want to kind of crochet a funky little, design like that um that's cotton so it's reusable mm -hmm. and you can just wash it up and then um one that i haven't talked about um is a straw cozy so i made this little this just this long little cozy that holds two reusable straws you have to have two because there's one for you and one for your friend because you know your friend's going to forget their reusable straw yeah so it's nice i carry it in my purse everywhere and i use that everywhere so i want to be able to get out some patterns like that um like actual free. practical yeah practical stuff that people are going to use yes quite often yeah that's cool yes nice so that that will be a little filler that i'll drop in the middle of the month or something if i just need some sort of spark yeah so do you have like a a projection of how you want your patterns to go or how how are you working it yeah i'm so I love winter wear, you know, and that's kind of my main designs, but guess what? We got spring and summer coming. So I'm kind of trying to transition and think of um, something that I could do for that, that time. Um, I did just do a poll for my February pattern. I asked if, if people want to see a scarf or a, an ear warmer and they said ear warmer. So um, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I think I'll do polls like that every once in a while. But I think I'll just kind of transition my patterns with the seasons. Um, so I'll, I'll save some of these winter designs for winter. And I'm trying to come up with some kind of summery things that can also be used in the winter as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a very good way of doing it. I mean, you used, I think you used to do kind of crop tops and stuff like that, which mm -hmm. is quite summery as well. So I guess... Yeah, that... and I've never... Those weren't really my own designs. Those were a lot of, those were me making, um, making what I thought was gorgeous and shiny at the, at the time. And those did very well too, but um, I did a lot of tests and uh, 
yeah crop tops are fun summer clothes are really fun that's cool what do you like to listen to or watch when you're creating yeah so besides yarn my other like ultimate love is music um i go to endless concerts our hallway is full of concert posters that we've been to and um that's kind of what we base our travels around is concerts and music so i have spotify running almost all day long but um i like to take breaks and i love podcasts i love podcasts i love youtube videos i love watching interviews specifically um whether it's fiber related or you know anything (laughs) um i just listened to scott kelly one of the about one of the astronauts who went to the moon you know um so I try, if I'm not listening to music, I try to actually learn something, <laughs> to spend time listening to something I want to learn about or, um, yeah. And every once in a while, I'll throw in some Netflix, but not as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What uh, What's your kind of favorite podcast at the moment? Um, I've been diving deep into Joe Rogan lately. I like his interviews, his interview style and the people he talks to. Um, but then I listen to a lot of kind of mindfulness podcasts too. Um, yeah, I listen to a lot of, I, a lot of, a lot of mindfulness stuff about crystals or, you know, positive affirmation kind of stuff. Um, And then interviews. Yes. If, um, someone's watching this and they've kind of wanted to have a go at crochet, um, but don't know where to start, which of your patterns do you think is a like a nice beginner-friendly pattern? Yeah, I think um, I think my patterns are kind of an intermediate pattern. Um, I don't have something that's super, super basic. Um, my Cascade Slouch, which is my free pattern, I like to always offer that to people first because I think that gives an idea of what kind of stitch work I like to use. Um, my cascade slouch has kind of been the, the pioneer of all my other cascade designs. They all kind of have the same stitch and the same feel. Um, but there are some more complicated stitches in my patterns. Um, my goal is to develop some more beginner friendly patterns. Cause I'd like to be able to, to start there and, and let people kind of transition their way through. I think one of the things I remember seeing, I don't know if it's one of your patterns or something that you did was like a like a crochet bag that mm. you did that oh, was really cool. my backpack yeah 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 that is my own design um that i called the gorge backpack it's the name it was named after the columbia river gorge um a friend actually came to me and wanted um me to make a bag for her friend who was having twin babies and so she we thought a backpack would be nice to to be able to have the full straps and so I found the coolest faux leather set of straps, the bottom base, and then it has a little cinch tie cord. And um, it it was only like $14. So I grabbed that and then I knew I had to find some durable yarn that that would last. And I chose the, that Burnett Maker Home Deck is called. Um, They've kind of been in and out of selling it. I think they're getting new color line is what I heard. But, and then the next step of that was to find a very durable stitch. And I used what's called the waistcoat stitch. It looks like a knit stitch, but it's actually made with, with crochet. 
And um, yeah, that design is one of my favorites. My backpack, I've been wearing it for since that came out, so about a year and a half. And it's held up very well. It looks kind of rugged, but (laughs) um, it's cool. I love that design. Yes. Yeah, it looks awesome. I like, I love the leather straps and yeah yeah i didn't actually because i i thought it looked kind of crochet but yeah actually looking a little bit closer it does look a little bit like a knit stitch yeah yeah they call it the waistcoat stitch and and some people do call it the knit stitch but it's just a different placement of the hook and and where the the v sits it's pretty cool it's very durable it it doesn't stretch at all so it just really keeps it's thick it keeps its shape really well that's cool have you tried knitting or have you are you just a crocheter? Oh gosh. Um I tried it one time in the back seat when we were driving somewhere. My friend showed me and I actually, you know, was able to to maneuver it around, but it just didn't click. And um I I have a few set of knitting needles because I've I'm so inspired by all the knitters out there. And that was one thing I told myself for 2021. I just want to I want to to practice and and see if I could do that as well. Um, I'm yeah, it looks so amazing. It's just the whole concept of it, of it is going to be interesting. To, to see, I'm exactly the same with crochet. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. I've seen people like I've I've been able to do a little bit of crochet, and I've seen people do mm-hmm. it, and I'm just in awe of people who can do it because it just it just looks like magic. Just the way that like. <laughs> Especially when people do it really quickly and they're just like, and it's like, mm-hmm. how? I think the same with knitting. I don't know how you guys have all those stitches on your needles and how it all comes together. And I, I feel the same. It is magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. I, uh, I think I've kind of covered most of the things that I had on my list. I mean, is there anything else that you want to mm-hmm. like talk about or push at all? I do want to show you because I haven't been able to show anyone this because it's the February pattern. So I'm going to show you it because this will be out by then. Yep. Um, so this is the ear warmer that I'm in, that's coming out. Um, I'm super excited about it. It has that my same kind of cascade stitch that is through all, all my other cascade collection. But the exciting thing about this one is it's fur on the inside. That's so cool. Is that also crocheted or is that like a fur yes. fabric? Nope. This is also crocheted. Um, so... Uh, you can kind of see the lines yeah, just of about, me going yeah. back and forth. Yes. But it's a, it's a faux fur from line brand also. Um, it's super thick and, and super bulky. So um, this is a nice thick piece that's going to keep you warm. So I wanted to make an ear warmer pattern. I was out hiking and I could kind of feel the wind going through my stitches. And so I was like, I have to be able to create a double layer. And I had this faux fur sitting around and it was worked out perfect. So this will be my February pattern. I'm very excited about that. I haven't shown anyone. That's <laughs> because so cool. I was keeping it a secret. So yep. you're the, by the time everyone's see. Yeah. By the time it, this comes out, you'll all be able to get the yeah. pattern. So how did you yes. do Did you do two things and then bring them together? Or is there a technique? Yes. Of- so this was kind of funky. I did it in a kind of funky way because I wanted it to be able to have some good stretch still. So this one, I actually start and I work this way. I work the width and I make the big long piece with this yarn. 
And then I attach um, the fur around the length and then work this way with the fur. It helps keep, uh, give it some, the, keep the stretch. Um, Cause that was what I was worried about. And um, it worked out perfectly. That's really cool. I guess it also helps keep the, the kind of stitches going opposite ways in a way to try and help stop the wind getting through you. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I thought too, is um, if, if I have stitches going this way and this way, we should be good. <laughs> that's so clever. And it, it was like too warm. Actually, I wore it hiking and I had to take it off cause it was too warm. <laughs> I just, I want to, I want to be able to make <laughs> the things that you guys are creating and designing, yeah. but I just, I have no idea where to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I am going to start doing crochet coaching. I do a little bit of it right now on the crochet network on Facebook, and I'm going to start offering my services, um, just from me personally, um, like an hour session I thought about doing, I thought about doing group sessions. So if people have a few friends, we can all do virtually like this. Um, so I've been hosting this, how to, how to crochet in three days, uh, little series on the crochet network and it's been fun and um, we've had people from all over the world join us live and uh, we start with the very very basic we just even how to read a yarn label what the basic pieces of the hook what that what they're called and um and then we get into about three we do three stitches uh so that's been neat so you can definitely join in that yeah I'll, um, i'll give it a go yeah, I like to teach people. I, I've taught quite a few of my friends in person, you know, and that's been fun. And they still do it to this day. So that makes me happy too. Um, but I like the teaching part a lot. Thank you very much uh, for Tessa for being on the podcast. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Uh, that was a lot of fun talking to Tessa. Um, I really enjoyed it. In the episode, we talk a little bit about other projects I've been working on, uh, one of which was uh, the historic cooking episodes. We have uh, recorded four episodes. Uh, three of them are out. Uh, the third episode just came out quite recently, so you can also see uh, the full episode and my behind the scenes. Um, so the first episode, we did uh, a medieval stew. Uh, the second one, we looked at a Victorian cheesecake. And the third one, we did a World War II episode about sausage rolls. Each episode, we look at the, the historic version and we cook that. And then I make a, a modern day version of that recipe as well. So yeah, we've got episode four coming out soon. And hopefully uh, we should be doing a live episode as well. So uh, would really like you to get in contact and let us know what kind of recipe you would like. I think it's going to be between uh, the Victorian cheesecake and the World War II sausage rolls. So uh, get on their socials and kind of let them know uh, what you would like to see. Yesterday, as I was recording this on Sunday, uh, we went over to Birmingham because I went to go and get my first vaccine done. We just kind of made the day of it. Uh, Mocha was able to stay at our nice animal neighbours. Um, so she was very happy playing with another dog and a couple of cats. Um, and Joy and I went over to Birmingham and we got to spend a, a couple of hours in Birmingham had some really nice coffee at 200 degrees and uh, we had a burger from Original Patamen. We had a lot of food that we didn't really need to have any dinner when we came back. Um, and then uh, we went to the vaccine centre. I got my vaccine done 
Um, and uh, we also asked whether Joy could get hers done as well because she's 29, so they haven't released that age group yet. Um, but quite often they have people not show up um, and they were able to slot her in as well. So we both got our vaccine done. Um, and we got the Pfizer one. Um, and today, Monday, this is the day after, and I, I feel completely fine. I feel like someone's kind of punched me in the arm, but um, I haven't had any of the flu symptoms or anything. And Joy's fine as well. She's gone off to work today as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting the second one uh, and then kind of even fully vaccinated. Um, but yeah, so I encourage you all, if you can get it done, if you get that email or you get that text, uh, go and get it um, because it is, it's going to help. It's going to help us kind of get back into some kind of routine and normality. Um, but those are the kind of updates from me. Voice over Tom here. Um, as I was re- editing this, I realised that the audio right at the end was, uh, I just couldn't use it. So I thought I'll just um, dub myself here. Um, I'm just talking a bit about uh, next week is the final episode and I have Jessica Louise uh, who is a musician um, and it was a really good conversation. I started following her because she started listening uh, to the first episode uh, with Kira and um, I really like Jessica's music so I just wanted to have a little chat with her and she plays us out at the end with uh, my favourite song that she's released so far so that's a really good conversation and yeah that is going to be the end of the season um i do have uh, one episode that is a bonus episode that is going to tie in with the historic cooking episode stay tuned on my instagram posts for uh, a new project that i want to start working on and i would love to get you all involved as well uh, stay safe and have a great week